It's the 7th of March, and can you believe it? This is the 7th episode of Two Habs for this season. Yes, 7th. In case you didn't know, this is THE show on RTE Junior Radio with its finger on the pulse of everything soccer. I'm Jack. And I'm Harry. And this this is is Two Habs. Coming up on the show, elite referee Michelle O'Neill talks red cards, Mo Salah, and what it's like to be an official on the world stage. We talk to P Mount United and Ireland international striker Stephanie Roach. We hear from the under 13 Shelburne FC girls team in the locker room. And we hear from dad and son duo the Petreskis, loyal and proud Man City supporters. Kick back, have yourself a bowl of ice cream, some chocolate, jellies, and a bag of crisps. But Jack, I'm giving all of those up for Lent. What am I supposed to have? Oh, yeah. Well, have a glass of water and a bowl of carrots and enjoy the show. Well, it's been an interesting month, Harry. Maybe not the most eventful month in Premier League history. There haven't been a lot of changes in the table, but certainly there's pressure at the bottom and the top who's going to make top four and who's going to get relegated. There have been a couple of changes. Newcastle are looking good now. The title race is really on. Yeah, it is. The title race is on, you're right. Just saying to all Liverpool fans out there, you're welcome. We got you out there as Tottenham supporters. Of course, I'm referring to the Spurs 3 Manchester City 2 game. Okay, well, let's talk about City and the derby on Sunday. They trashed Man U 4-1. Mares and De Bruyne getting braces. Man City asserted their dominance on Man U once again. Man U, they don't appear to be taking to life under Ralph Ragnick too well. They're not using Ronaldo as much as they were. I know what you mean, but he was injured, of course, yesterday, and so was Cavani, so neither of them were in the team. Jadon Sancho, though, he seems to be growing into himself. I did think Manu looked a bit weak. Their backline wasn't the best, with Teles, Maguire and Aaron Wan-Bissaka not really playing too well. They were letting Manchester City get past them and score four goals. There have obviously been rumours about whether Ralph Ragnick will stay with Man United and a lot of people are saying that Ralph Hasenhutl, the current Southampton manager, could be in contention for the spot at Man U job. It was really great to see Christian Eriksen start his first game since that horrible day when he experienced that cardiac arrest during the Euros last summer. It was brilliant to see him play for Brentford in that 3-1 win against Norwich when Tony got his hat-trick and they just overall played well, Brentford, and I think Eriksen could be vital in their uh, relegation battle. Even if Brentford do get relegated this season, I'd say Eriksen will be delighted that he's back playing football. Speaking of relegation, well at least the relegation zone, let's talk about Newcastle, Harry. Before the January transfer window, Newcastle weren't looking too clever. They were near bottom of the league losing a lot of games. There weren't any sparks in the team, really. St. Maximin wasn't performing like he normally does. Callum Wilson was injured, so he didn't really, he couldn't make any impact on games. But now they're firing five wins from six games. The likes of Bruno Gomerez, Chris Wood, Dan Byrne. Trippier scored two free kicks for Newcastle so far since he's joined in the January transfer window. So their signings have been quite good uh, and I don't think they'll get relegated. Well looking at the others in the bottom four, Everson, Burnley, Watford and Norwich are down there. Everson after signing Donny van de Beek, Mikalenko and Deli Alli after signing them in the transfer window might help with keeping them up. When it comes down to it I think the team that will come in 20th place will be the same as it is now. 
It kills me to say it, Norwich fans. Norwich City. Just looking back at other action this month, West Ham have been in fine form, apart from that blip against Liverpool on Saturday, but that was to be expected, really. Jared Bowen has been the man in form for West Ham. He looks like he's scoring nearly every game or getting an assist. While Salah was gone to AFCON, I think he was the best player in the Premier League. I've done the maths on this, Harry. It is actually possible for Liverpool to clinch the Premier League. Now, they will need an incredible 12 wins from 12 games and not slip up once and they still have to play the mighty Tottenham Hotspur. So we all know Spurs going to pull a few shock results out. And a slightly harder game than Spurs, they also have to play Man City away. That could be the game that potentially decides the league. But we'll be talking more about that on the show next month. It's so tight at the top, it might go down to goal difference. As things stand, Liverpool's goal difference is 51 and Manchester City's is 50. So that's obviously going to change. Before we wrap up this part, big shout out to Cuivin Kelleher. The Irish Liverpool goalkeeper is very young. Somehow managed to win the penalty shootout for them by scoring his penalty. And it went straight into the top corner. And then a minute after that, I'd say, Kepa hit his penalty over and Liverpool are crowned champions of the Carabao Cup. A costly mistake for Chelsea. They subbed Kepa on for penalties for Edouard Mendy, who had been playing very well during the game. They subbed on Kepa, who, don't forget, is the most expensive goalkeeper of all time at 80 million euros. That surely boosted Liverpool's confidence because they're going to try go for the quadruple this season with the Champions League, FA Cup, Premier League and Carabao Cup. Look, there's still a few months. It's still all to play for. If I said FAI Cup Final 2021, Olympics Tokyo 2020, FIFA Women's World Cup Final 2019 and the Super Cup Final 2019, what would you think our next guest does? Well, she's here to tell us herself, an acclaimed League of Ireland referee and global leader on the sports stage. Welcome to Two Halves, Michelle O'Neill. Hi guys, thank you very much for having me here. Michelle. All of those games that we mentioned in our introduction are massive ones. Is your job a very stressful one? Well, it can be stressful at times. To be honest, I have all the tools to deal with stress and high levels of stress. I turn them into positives and I go out to enjoy my games because I do my hard work on the lead up to the games and and the, in the tournaments and in training. So then I eliminate the, the stress levels. When did you decide that refereeing was what you wanted to do? Refereeing found me, I could say, because I was a player like yourself um, in the middle of the pitch. Loved it. I did all the leagues, all the cups. I even played for my county. It was kind of coming to the end of your playing career. And then someone just asked me, hey, have you ever tried refereeing? And I never even would have thought about it. So I went and did the beginner's course and went on and did the the schoolboys league in Wexford. And my very first time I whistled in the middle of the park on the under 10s and under 12s game, I fell in love with it. I said, yeah, this is for me. So then I it made my decision to hang up my playing boots easier. And I think because I was a player, it made it a lot easier to be able to referee. And who's the fastest player you've ever refereed? Homo Salah <laughs> and uh, Alex Morgan. Megan Rapino, they're they're very fast, and even in the League of Ireland here now, they're they're getting faster again as well. And you have like uh, Katie McCabe and Rihanna Jarrett and Kylie Murphy. So you have like a lot of 
teams are starting to get into their speed and, and uh, strength and uh, endurance. You mentioned Mo Salah there. We've been talking about the Carabao Cup final just gone with Liverpool and Chelsea. Of course, you officiated those two teams at the Super Cup final in 2019, which also went on to penalties and was won when Adrian made a save. What's your memories of that game? Oh, memories of that game is I never wanted to end, <laughs> to be honest, and it didn't. So just the buzz, the the app, the atmosphere walking out into the stadium and, and to know that we were there to make history of the first female trio to be refereeing that, that match um, was a huge part for me. And the spectators actually applauded us for being there. And that was probably unusual for a referee to get applauded when you look at a match are you looking as a player a spectator or a referee a referee (laughs) it's hard to to change back over unless you tell yourself right I'm going to like the only team I support is Ireland so that's the only teams that I will ever be a supporter about but all the other games I'm looking at the referees and thinking about being a referee on the game so it's hard to switch off to be honest you're probably tired of being asked about VAR but from your point of view is it a good thing? Um, if it's used correctly, uh, VR is, is a good tool. It has pros, it has cons. It's like football is evolving. So we're going to have to evolve with it. And do you have any referee idols? Everybody knows the, the guy with the big eyes, Pierre Luigi Fellini. Um, he's a big idol because he got such respect on the field. And we always wanted to be like him as a referee. In terms of females, you had like the likes of Curry Sykes there, four World Cups, four Olympic Games. I mean, who does that? It's unbelievable. And then you have Bibiana Stonehausen, the first female to referee in the Bundesliga. The referee, my colleague, Stephanie Frappa, who's the first female referee in the in the French League one. These women are just so inspiring and you know, you just want to be a better referee because of them. Me and Harry, we see in matches, a lot of the time, the referees don't get the respect they deserve, whether it be parents on the sideline or just they seem to get a lot of abuse. What what advice would you have for kids and parents out there? Yeah, look, at it's creeping in. And if you didn't have a referee, you'd never have a game. The more that it's creeping in, the less games are going to be put on because of it. And your kid is out there to enjoy the match, to play, win or lose. They just want to be involved. The referees are there just to, to do their best to referee the game that's in front of them. We don't intend to go out there to make mistakes. We go out there to do the best we can. Do you ever feel bad about giving players red cards, Michelle? Yeah, we don't want to give a red card because as a player, you know, I don't want to get a red card. So as a referee, I don't want to give you a red card. I'm trying to keep you on the field so we'll have a level playing field and a good match. If it's a warranted red card, it's in the laws of the game, you're going to get it. If it's a borderline orange, as we call it, it's a high end of reckless yellow, we will really try and see all the criteria we've like 10 different criterias for the one tackle and we have to tick all in boxes in order for it to be read we have a second to make decisions and that's that's people don't understand that you know you know was his foot down was he still shown was it high what was the point of contact was there malice was there intent was there intensity was there straight leg was there bent leg did he jump did he force and all these have to go through your head in that one tackle and finally michelle from the Olympics to a World Cup final, you've done them all. 
Are there any other big games or tournaments on your bucket list? Oh, there is. There always is. <laughs> I've always wanted the Champions League, the Women's Champions League. I've always got to quarterfinal stages and I'd like to get past that. Then the Euros this year and I want to get to them as well. So I always have a bit of match in mind. And I actually would like to say I completed completed all my matches in the League of Ireland this year with the President's Cup final at the very opening of the league. So I'm very happy to have ticked that one off my bucket list. Yeah, so I'm excited. Excited. It's going to be a big year for women's football. Michelle O'Neill, it has been a pleasure to talk to you on Two Habs. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. We've already been talking about the Manchester Derby. Well, two people who were lucky enough to be at the Etihad yesterday and they were very pleased with the result from their team, Manchester City. Let's hear from super fans, Max and his dad, Gary Podreski. Hi, my name is Max Podreski and I am nine years old and I have two brothers named Cole and Aidan and Aidan is 20 years old and he lives in Kildare and he's a Manchester City supporter just like me and my dad and then my twin brother Cole Podreski is a Liverpool supporter which I don't really like but there's plenty of banter in the house. I am going to see the Manchester Derby on the 6th of March with my dad in Etihad Stadium. My favourite players would be like Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden, Riyad Mahrez and players like those. And one of my most exciting matches was when Manchester City made it to the Champions League final but sadly it didn't really go the way I wanted to go but hopefully we could get a Champions League trophy in the next few years. I play for Rosler Rangers and we have a very strong team and I love playing for them and why I became a City supporter was actually because my dad supported them and I just really felt like it and even my, my dad wasn't supported and I would want to be a Manchester City supporter myself. Hi, my name is Gary and I am the father of the family. I've been a Man City fan pretty much all my life. My father was a City fan and I was born in Withenshaw, which is just outside Manchester. And I was there till I was about eight years of age. I got to see the good old days of Main Road and had heroes growing up like Niall Quinn, Georgie Kincladzi, Richard Dawn. They were my, kind of my favourite players. Being a Man City fan hasn't always been easy. These days, are you know, it's like you have to win a lottery. You still pinch yourself at times. It's so surreal, but it's still a very much a community-based club, Manchester City. It is a family club, and good times. And hopefully, they can continue. Thanks, Max and Gary. Is it too early to say congrats yet? Well, we're certainly congratulating our next guest after a 6-0 victory in her first game of the season on Saturday in which she scored a brace against Sligo Rovers. She's the Republic of Ireland women's international and P-Mount striker and TV pundit. Welcome to Two Halves, Stephanie Roach. Thanks for having me, Harry and Jack. Happy to be on. Stephanie, we mentioned the Puskas goal in your introduction. You must be fed up with people asking you about it at this stage. Have you ever recreated it in a match or just for fun and training? Yeah, um, obviously that goal is kind of what everybody knows me for. It's something that I'm very proud of. Obviously, it gave me a big boost in my career. So it's not something that I think I'll ever sick of. Yeah, I had to actually, when I was playing in France, um, a TV co- uh, crew from Canal Plus Sport, I think it was, came to our training and had me recreate it in training. So that's the only time I've recreated. I've yet to do it in a game yet. 
<laughs> the new season has just kicked off in the Women's National League. P-Mount beating Sligo Rovers on Saturday, six goals to nothing, and you getting a brace. Well done. It was a dr- dramatic finish last season when a big turnaround saw Shelburne clinch the title at the very end. Are P-Mount out to change that this year? Yeah, look, I think there's no denying it was a very, very disappointing end to the season last year. I think getting off to a good start this this season was was vital for us. Um, I think the first maybe 20 minutes of the game was a bit slow, but I think dusted off the cobwebs and we got going and winning the game. And obviously Sligo Rovers are only newly put together. Um, I think it will take them time to kind of get themselves going this year. They have a few very good players, but again, probably quite new for them to come up against us straight away at the start of the season. It was difficult for us the way last season finished. It was really, really important that we got off to a good start this year. And I'm just really, ho- really happy that the season has started in such fine form. As a player and a teammate, that particular loss was probably shocking and a real blow for you. How did you get the moral up and recover from it? I won't lie, it took a couple of months probably to get over it. Um, I think everywhere we went, most of us, not just myself, but me and the girls would have been asked about it by most random people you would think of. Anyone who's seen us kind of had watched the game or seen or heard about it. So it was kind of, you're reminded about it a lot. Obviously to lose the league in that fashion is never easy. But I think um, as professionals, you kind of have to get over it and put it in the past. We all know it can be tougher for girls to break through with football. Not all clubs have a girls team and it can take a big commitment to stick with it. Have you any advice for our younger listeners? Since I started playing football, women's football and girls football has got like predominantly bigger. And when I played, I played with the lads in my house and stay in Shankill. And I from there went to play in one of the lads teams. When Valeview Shankill and I was probably one of the only girls around the area that played football, to be honest. And there was a couple kind of here and there, but... Um, there weren't many huge opportunities for me to go and play in all girls teams. Um, and now we can see every club basically in Ireland, most clubs in Ireland, I know you have big girls sections and they're all looking to try and improve that. So that can only be good for, for young girls coming up the system. Who were your football idols as a child? I'm a big Man United fan. So growing up, I wouldn't have known a lot about women's football because it wasn't really kind of out there. Not, people, not a lot of people were talking about it. So my idols were kind of Man United players, Ruth and Israel. My idols, I loved him. I loved the way he scored. So many goals. He was a goal poacher. Ryan Giggs, another one. Um, Roy Keane, obviously being Irish, playing for Manchester United as well, was another one. So I kind of had mainly male kind of role models. But it wasn't until I was probably maybe 12 or 13, I went to watch um, a women's Ireland game and I seen Olivia O'Toole play for the first time and then kind of really started to take note of football and she was probably the first female role model that I had. So Stephanie, can you give us your predictions? Who's going to win the Premier League, the League of Ireland and the Women's National League? Oh, I'll say Man City for the Premier League. Shamrock Rovers, probably gone a bit obvious there for the League of Ireland. And I'll be killed at training if I don't say P-Mount United for the Women's National League. <laughs> okay, Stephanie, we're into 60 seconds of extra time. This is where we throw a few rapid fire questions at you to get to know you better. Let's start now. Cats or dogs? Dogs. What's your favourite takeaway dish? Probably Thai, like Camille Thai I think is nice. If you weren't a footballer, what would you be? Um, probably a teacher or a coach. What was your favourite toy as a child? Oh God, does a football count as a toy? Because that's all I ever had. Yeah, yeah. What series are you watching on TV? Ozark is the latest one I've been watching. Although it's stopped again, which is a bit annoying. <laughs> what are your hobbies outside of football? This is terrible. I only ever really a coach. I coach kids football. That's and I was the same thing as football. But football is kind of my whole life. My boyfriend plays football as well, so I go watch his games. Other than that, kind of coaching, really, that's about it. <laughs> Tea or coffee? Coffee. Who would play you in the movie of your life? Oh 
God. I've been told I look like Taylor Swift. I know she's just a singer, but a lot of people have compared me to her. So if she ever wanted to turn to acting, maybe her. <laughs> and I finally, think, Stephanie, Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. That's just because you're a Man U fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult to, to compare them. The two of them have been sensational for my whole generation, really my whole kind of adulthood of football. So two fantastic players. But yeah, probably because he's a right man United. Ronaldo. Well, there's the full-time whistle. Stephanie Roach, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a million, lads. From P-Match United to Shelburne FC, we go now for the locker room. Let's hear from the under-13s girls team and find out what's happening in the soccer world for them. Carrie Nugent, age 12, winger. My favourite men's football team is Liverpool because my dad supported them since he was young. My favourite women's football team is Shelburne because I play for them. I love football because you get to be a part of a team and make loads of friends. My footballing role models are Pearl Sattery and Mo Salah. I'd love to play for Ireland and maybe play in America or England. Eden Murphy, 12, defender. Barcelona, they were my favourite team when I was growing up. I want to play for Ireland and play for Schultz. And who's your favourite women's football team? Schultz, because I just know all the girls and I just think they're all amazing. And who is your football and role models? Uh, Abby Larkin. Ellie Whelan, 12, goalkeeper. My favourite men's football team is Liverpool. My favourite women's football team is also Liverpool. My footballing role model is probably Alison Becker because he plays the same position. My footballing ambition is to play for Liverpool or other clubs in England and maybe play for Ireland. Lucy Caswell, 12, midfielder. And who's your favourite men's football team? Liverpool. My, everyone's in the family. And your favourite women's football team? Shelburne. And if I was to ask you who's your role model in football, who would Pearl it be? Pearl Slattery. Addison Whelan, 11, striker. And Addison, who is your favourite men's football team? Arsenal. Cosmic Dad follows them. And who is your favourite women's football team? Arsenal as well. And who is your role model in football? Katie McCabe and Ronaldo. Oh, I want to achieve playing for Arsenal and Ireland. And why do you love football so much? Because it gives me happiness. Brilliant stuff, girls. Keep up the great work and best of luck in your own league. And thanks to their coaches, Peter and Johnny, who you heard there asking the girls some questions. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us by emailing junior at rte.ie or use the hashtag two halves. Maybe you're a super fan. Or maybe you and your teammates would love to have your say in the locker room. Well, that's all we have time for on this show. Quick fact before we go. Only six teams have never been relegated from the Premier League when it's been called the Premier League and not the First Division. Harry, do you have any ideas? I do. I know exactly who they all are. Everton, Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal and of course Tottenham Hotspur. Two houses completely impartial and not biased in any way towards any football team. Once more, two halves is not affiliated with any other football team. (laughs) From me, Jack. And me, Harry. See you next month on Two Halves. Come on, you